16th of August uh, 2025. Uh, where do you see, you know, the equity markets actually being uh, tentatively at that time, three years from today? Uh, while I would not give you levels, but definitely up. All, all you need is, uh, you know, invest and forget. The more you invest, the more you get attached to looking at the screen, tracking the stocks. If government today came in and said that, okay, you can't, uh, there are no tickets available and you can't even uh, take out your money for the next 10 years, everybody would make money in the stock. Welcome to yet another episode of the Smashed Bashed Yet Not Dash podcast. The thing with making money in investments, making money in the stock market is that people think that it's become a game. Today, we have two very special guests, Puneet Obroy and Puneet Agarwal, two people who are masters when it comes to all things investing and multiplying your money. This is one podcast you really want to listen to. Trust me, we've been down this path where I have been burnt and wiped out in the stock market. I'm sure you know many others who have had the same problem as well. This one changes everything. Okay, so if you think that this is a game, then what you probably want to do is get yourself a copy of the stock market game. This one, ladies and gentlemen, is serious business. This podcast is about serious business. Listen in to hear more. Have you ever been knocked down and found it hard to get up? Have you ever been knocked down and bounced back to come back even stronger? Hi, I'm Gaurav Bhagat and you can call me GB. And welcome to the Smash Bashed Yet Not Dashed podcast. A fortnightly podcast where I speak about persistence, perseverance and overcoming the odds to come out ahead. Welcome back to the Gaurav Bhagat Academy and for yet another exciting episode of the Smashed Bashed yet not dashed podcast. Today's podcast is going to be different because not only do I have two amazing guests on it, but apart from that, we're going to be talking about something which is very close to my heart. Many of you know that I talk about, you know, goals and in in particular, the financial goals. So today, two experts in that particular domain and really looking forward to this one. So first up, welcome Puneet Obroy and welcome Puneet Agarwal. Great to have you guys here on the podcast. So, um, just to introduce Puneet first. So Puneet has been in the space uh, for almost two decades now. And, uh, you know, he's been helping uh, companies uh, and people, individuals and more uh, with his company FinAdvise and in the space of financial planning uh, and more. So Puneet, welcome and uh, great to have you here. Thank you, Gaurav. And I uh, love to be part of uh, Gaurav Bhagat Academy and to your audience and for you. I'm here for any help you need. Awesome. And of course, uh, Puneet Agarwal, one of the people I really look up to and respect when it comes to everything to do with equity, derivatives and the stock market. Someone who's, uh, well, been an active investor for, again, close to two decades and is now giving back um, and teaching and more in the space. And of course, runs an amazing company called Nirogam in Ayurveda. So entrepreneur, investor, stock trader and, you know, you call yourself almost the equity hacker as well, right? So welcome. And let's hear a little bit more about uh, that as well. Equity Hacker, where does that come from? Thank you, Gaurav. And always good to be here. Lovely. So, you know, there is, and the reason why I have both of you on today is the fact that, you know, when it comes to the markets, when it comes to investing, you know, trading and more, um, today's youth almost has this, you know, misconception that it can be a get-rich, you know, quick kind of, you know, phenomena. And of course, all of us have, you know, been on journeys. I'm sure many of your clients have been on journeys where this is such a big misconception. So, Puneet, I'm going to come to you first. 
Um, what are some of the real misconceptions that you're seeing in the minds of, well, all audiences today when it comes to investing and, and growing wealth and finance goals? Absolutely, Gaurav. This is something which is actually pulling people towards taking too much risk on that. Mm -hmm. And they get lured. And the generation which we are talking at, it's DZ generation. Mm -hmm. They are actually looking at people who have scaled up in a small time and looking forward to them, they think that they can also make money. Right. And uh, I have been teaching in a lot of uh, PGDM colleges and these are youngsters uh, who have aggressive approach and uh, one of the yeah. subjects I teach is entrepreneurship and innovation mm -hmm. management. Mm -hmm. And people are just talking about that they are jumping into this, whether into equities, whether into putting up as a startup, they just look forward to becoming rich ASAP. They, they, yeah. don't, uh, they don't understand the pain and the uh, time which takes to re reach out to those levels. They just see the... Uh, uh, the outlook of other people who have just scaled up, those people might be lucky enough. I always believe that there yeah. is certain things which goes behind that. And uh, the rest 99% have to work hard to reach out to that level. Right. So I think uh, we have to understand, we have to teach them that this takes time. That's what my prerogative is. That takes time. And truly yeah, that has you know always been, I think, your approach towards uh, you know building uh, wealth and, and yeah. financial well-being. Uh, Puneet, from your perspective, uh, I'm going to take you back many years where you had your first, you know, smashed, bashed experience in the stock market. And you talk about this often where you tried to do something and it led to almost your entire bankroll and capital being wiped out. Talk us about that time and how it really and what really happened. I think it was, uh, if I correctly remember, back in 2007 when, uh, you know, my neighbor Bhatiaji uh, was a sub broker with uh, one of the brokerages. And he said, Ki, uh, Beta thoda paisa aapke pas you know, you, <laughs> you're earning uh, money, you started earning. So, uh, I will you and mm -hmm. it will happen. And, uh, you know, as uh, most, of most of the time it happens that, you know, you get some kind of beginner luck, which is yeah. very dangerous. And uh, I started dabbling in futures and options uh, at a very early stage mm -hmm. based on hearsay, which mm -hmm. was uh, later proved to be fatal. But yeah. then... Um, I made some money and then I actually took uh, uh, a broker, uh, uh, sub broker terminal myself wow. uh, where I started to manage people's money and invested some of my own. Right. And one fine day I was having my lunch. Uh, uh, we had huge FNO positions in mm -hmm. McDonald's, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, now United Spirits. Right. And uh, uh, within 15 minutes, my dealer comes to me and says, Ki, Sir, they what happened screen. Pe. Uh, I lost about 15 lakhs, which was huge uh, to be lo uh, uh, you know, losing in 15 minutes. And that kind of... Uh, and my dad was sitting uh, next to me and he said, Ki, Bas, beta, ho gaya jitna, jitna tumne karna tha. Uh, this is uh, it. Correct. And uh, then I, uh, I had uh, quit. I did not look at that space at all. Right for the next uh, six years and then you know that is how I entered again yeah and I love what you just mentioned where you spoke about beginner's luck and how it's such a dangerous thing and I see this and hear this repeatedly and I'm going to come back to you on this one as well I'm sure you're seeing this with clients as well you know where they have that little bit of you know a luck and it could be anything it could be in equity it could be in derivatives it could be in crypto and they're like I know how come I didn't discover this before this is the way forward and I can stop doing everything and focus only on this and then like we mentioned it just comes and smack hits you on the face 
So have you had clients who've had similar stories as well? Absolutely. I was just sharing to Puneet uh, during our conversation before. And uh, I was just sharing that in 2020, a lot of my clients, they, uh, their spouses, they were working, they were, might be working part-time. They left their work. They said that and they, they actually got that just of two to three months of uh, trying out because people were uh, vacant. They were, they were at home in 2020-21 and they all tried to put across money in equities. Mm-hmm. And they got that luck in 2020. Yeah. And that three months gave them just gist. Yeah. And a lot of them actually quit their job Correct. to do trading and make money. Yeah. And that actually had to fall. As he said, that mm-hmm. it's beginner's luck. They started off without any knowledge, nothing doing. And all these things came out in front of them in 2020. They came back to me and that they realized that this is the mistake which happened and that there were a lot of people going like this. So true. So it's, it's a crazy time and it's not just one time I've seen. These yeah. are times which every market, every uh, starting from 2007, 2008 to 2013, 14 and in 2020 also. Yeah. This happens. Every yeah. time I see those people pulled out because the market is gaining, everybody comes into Correct. and those beginners luck actually fails. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, there's two emotions that they talk about, fear and greed. You know, and what happened in the in the run-up post the pandemic, and we're going back now, I think the lowest of the lows was probably around, you know, the end of March of 2020. I think that's when the market hit its bottom. And then after it just ran and it ran and it ran and everyone and anything you could put money into was just going up, right? I know so many entrepreneurs who were taking money out of their own, out of their organizations who were taking COVID loans and just pumping in the stock market because they said there is nothing better. And of course, it went up and up and up. And everyone believed that the only way the markets can move is up, right? And uh, of course, I think it was what, October, November, December of last year where we started seeing a peak as far as the Nasdaq went. I think March 22 was probably our peak. And then what we saw in the last three months here, running up to June, I think that's when the greed, you know, turned to fear. And everyone said, Mar gaye, pata nahi so, you know, completely, you know, agree and echo those uh, thoughts and sentiments. So let's, Puneet, I want to talk about from your perspective, what are you telling, you know, your clients? What are you telling people? What would your advice be to even the youth, you know, who are coming in and they're really enamored by this? But then what are you telling them right now? So, Gaurav, uh, my belief is always that uh, you need to approach to certain things according to your goals. Whether it's a short term, whether it's a long term, whether it's whatever, you have to approach for whether it's, uh, even creating a business also. You need right. to think about what and accordingly you have to put it across. If you are putting your money and this I have seen during uh, 2008 also, a lot of people were, the real estate was going up. Right. People had a huge sell-off and uh, they wanted to invest because equity was going down, uh, going up. Correct. So they wanted to invest into equities also. Mm-hmm. And they had a short period of buying those things because real estate had those time. Okay, Correct. one, we have a time frame of selling and then buying yeah. a new property. Yeah. So they invested during that period. Right. And that crash actually created the whole chaos. When right. 2008 happened, right. those people who invested for short duration mm-hmm. and they invested, the, and this happened in every field. I think if I talk about in gold, in real estate, any sure. asset class you talk about, every people, uh, people who are coming with a short approach right. with the, the approach of that, okay, making higher money in shorter terms, they will lose money. Correct. So my always belief is that you choose out the whatever uh, side of asset class you are mm. wanting to choose, choose out according to your goals. Right. If you want to go in for short duration, you can't right. take risk like these things. Yeah. You yeah. have an approach of 10 years, mm. take those equities. Why don't you? Sure. Those are the best places. You sure. need to give that space. But sure. people don't understand that. And my approach is very simple. 
according to your goals you just choose your asset class right. that's what my approach is love that so from your perspective it's about coming with your goals write your goals down know your goals and then basically deploy money accordingly um breathe from your perspective and we of course we follow a lot of uh, you know trainers um influencers you know gurus in the stock market and some of these guys almost come in with a day to day perspective so now it's it's going to be different now here puneet's talking about oh long term wealth creation and we we follow certain people who are actually talking about on a day to day basis where they're almost saying okay this is your trade for the day take that 2000 take that 5000 take that 10000 what is your take on um, you know on this aspect i think i'll like to quote sunil sir first <laughs> and he says market beta maya vi hai ye aapko apni taraf khinchegi and and that is how you uh, you know when there is after the fear cycle ends there is greed there is euphoria yeah. and everybody would try to uh, you know enter that i am i am going to miss out right. on this trend right. and that actually happens towards the fag end and that is where you are not able to manage the risk right uh, what i see is that you know uh, uh, beginners who are actually coming into the stock market they never calculate the quantity yeah right and hence they would not know what is going to come and how are they going to manage the the pullback or mm. a, 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 a the down uh, wave to that and and then um, i think uh, what one of the investors uh, mr basant maheshwari says that you know either you want fast or you want large mm. you know what okay. do you want okay. and if if you want big money then do not expect it fast yeah. and if you want fast money then uh, be okay with small correct right yes. so that i think uh, people need to understand yeah i love that perspective so either you're looking at big or you're looking at fast uh, you can't probably have both in the same space and hence when people talk about you know value investing and such then your your proposition also has to be like puneet mentioned it has to be more long term yes. totally love that um of course you mentioned sunil so for those of you listening in uh, this is actually sunil miglani um someone who we really respect and we follow and you know has really been great in terms of calling the markets um so yes uh, definitely check him out before i come back to puneet other so there's been this big you know explosion of um you know youtubers you know influencers and and people sometimes get confused you know who to follow because someone worked for someone and everyone then runs to follow that particular person but again different people will work for different you know mindsets so what is your thought on that like everyone just tries and jumps on to the one which is you know the trending happening play for this moment i mean i know it's pr sundar and options and, and there's various people i mean you have mr malkan you know who's been you know your coach and trainer as well so what is your thought on who should one really follow when it comes to some of these names i think uh, like you know most of the people take to youtube and uh, try to consume a lot of uh, content and i think youtube is like a buffet you know ultimately you would go to a shaadi cons- uh, you know look around uh, see all the options and then come back to something which really fits your kind of uh, style of investing or trading right. so uh, uh, and and you may not even know what your style is so sure. one book that i recommend mm-hmm. is uh, super trader by van thar mm-hmm. and that actually tells you there are seven kinds of uh traders so once you understand what is your uh, style of investing then you can go back and see which teacher or coach can actually uh help you while right. you can consume a lot of thing i still consume a lot of content yeah. but then i know that you know my gurus uh, whether it is vishal malkan or sunil 
sir. Right. Uh, you know, I keep going back and try to align my uh, style of investing with what they say. Love that. Love that. So, Puneet, you've been, again, someone who really is a big proponent of, you know, educating yourself, uh, you know, knowing where your money is really, you know, going in, why is it going in. So, your thoughts to people who are starting out in this journey, um, what do you think, uh, you know, they should be doing when it comes to learning a little bit without blindly putting their money on the basis of, you know, what an influencer or, or you know, a guru might actually tell you? So, uh, Gaurav, uh, I'm continuing with what Puneet was saying and you were asking something. I'll, I'll come to your question also. Uh, it's about, see, what my prerogative says is that uh, it's always uh, time for everything. What is happening is that youngsters are looking at going in equities or direct equities or even derivatives without even creating wealth enough yeah. to manage their things. So first thing is that you have to create certain portion. You can do certain things. You can take risk, but risk has to be taken on a calculated basis. It has to be taken on the basis that you, if you lose that, yeah. Is there some bandwidth to it? So I always suggest youngsters, first create your positioning to that level. Right. You can take your risk appetite, increase your risk appetite to that level so by educating yourself. Yeah. So even Puneet has, we were just sharing that he mm -hmm. just didn't jump into it. Yeah. He burnt his hand. Yeah. He then educated himself. He uh, then tested himself a lot of time. And then he became that kind of a position where he can now being a, called as a guru or he can, people have following it because he right. has, Tested himself. But he must have also taken certain cautious steps. He was not losing his business. He, right. was, he was working. Correct. He was creating his wealth. Yeah. Then only he can take risks. So my only objective, my only talk to every these youngsters is that first create your goals. Create your risk appetite to that level that you right. can take that risk. If yeah. you can't take that risk and you lose everything, then that's where uh, you're burning your hands. You're so actually uh, totally burnt out. So true. So true. So, yeah. And when it comes to the education aspect of it, uh, what paths do you recommend for someone who's just starting out? Now, let's look at, you know, young, uh, you know, Gen Z's or millennials or people who've now started to create some kind of corpus and are now looking to, you know, start on their investing journey. What do you recommend for them? I always tell them that follow. So I have a very uh, right approach of choosing the right advisor. See, mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. us, the first thing is handholding. Right. See, I always believe that uh, I was following a dietitian and uh, what dietitian does Every, we can YouTube it, we can know about what else, what else is not done. What dietitian does is he actually is monitoring you. He's so looking true. forward to what is right and what is wrong. So and true. he knows what is pluses and minus about you. Right. Moreover, the uh, authoritative level about and your accountability to him. That's most right. important. That I can, right. okay, I'm going back. I have to talk to Puneet. I have to get back to him that whether I'm doing this or not. Yeah. So that's what is an advisor's role is. Right. Moreover, finding an advisor, the right advisor is most important. And I always take it as a doctor's example. How do you actually choose out the right advisor? Mm -hmm. You choose. You don't go to a doctor just reaching out that okay, if I have a want to do go for a surgery of a stone, I won't go for a doctor of a heart. Yeah. I'll actually find out with Gaurav. Okay, Gaurav, you had some treatment done. Correct. Who was the doctor you recommended? So you will get those doctors and then the name of the doctor, but you won't jump into it. Yeah. You'll always go to that person, understand what he's looking yeah. at. Is he greedy or not? Yeah. I, so every profession has greed and every profession has. So we also have a lot of people who of must be mis-selling. So you have to choose out in a way, test them out, yeah. and then you have to hand over. And yeah. uh, I think always hand over, take a handover from some advisor, look forward to right people. Yeah. And that's the right way of it. Look. That's what I'm Super. Yeah, and I agree. And I think there's a big misconception in the market that, you know, you have to have a certain net worth 
or a particular portfolio size before you get an advisor. And I think in your case, uh, because I see a lot of the people that you've been helping at, you know, Consortium and the Gaurabhakta Academy and even other clients, um, these are people who are just starting out. And I think it's it's your purpose and your why that you said, okay, I need to handhold them so that they start out right. It's not about the quantum of money they bring, but it's just about the fact that they should make the right decisions early on. And I think that's something that you've been you know, really Absolutely. good at as well. Absolutely. Gaurav, so uh, I have clients with uh, just starting with 23 years old as just their first career. Uh, and I have super HNIs and celebrities. Right. But one thing is very common. Mm -hmm. Everybody has some objective. Yeah. Objective can be absolutely different. So Correct. for a celebrity, it might be only managing of wealth. That's, yes. that's their objective. They don't yes. have anything, but their objective is something which, and their objective is aligned to their risk appetite. So my, my view is that how I have to align those risk appetite, look into their, their feelings, their understanding, and that doesn't come yeah. in a day's time. Yeah. I also need time to understand their risk appetite. So true. A lot of times we try to measure out through our charts to mm -hmm. risk appetite mm -hmm. forms and all those mm -hmm. things. But it's the real-time picture only gives you, the real-time testing only gives you yeah. the prerogative of that person, whether what risk he holds on. So true. So that's what uh, I've been doing. So yeah, thank you for that. I think you really, you know, set in place, uh, you know, a big misconception that people have in terms of when they can have access to an advisor, you know, which you said is, is possible for absolutely, you know, anyone and everyone. And of course, I'll be happy to also put in the coordinates of both uh, gentlemen, uh, you know, who are here today uh, with us at the GBA, because they're doing some fantastic work, you know, both in the space of uh, equity, as well as in the space of, you know, managing uh, even uh, long-term portfolios. Um, and like I said, your entry level can be as small. So I'll definitely share both their details uh, in our links as well. Um, Puneet, coming to you from your perspective, uh, big misconceptions that people have when it comes towards you know the stock market. What are some of the big misconceptions that you hear and see all the time, and you almost thinking to yourself, "Are ye to gaya? So, what what do you see? Uh, you know, a lot um, pertaining to misconceptions amongst people today. I think the some of the broad ones is that yahan paisa nahi banta hai. Number yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, and if I have to invest in the stock market, I would have to actually sit through mm -hmm. uh, or the whole day staring at the screen. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, it is the opposite. So true. And uh, then uh, it is a way of, it is uh, speculative, it is gambling, yeah. uh, uh, you know, and so true. Uh, so, so these are the broad ones then obviously you know the fear greed ego regret yeah. all that takes over yeah. yeah and a big one that you mentioned is you know stock market is is gambling and i hear this uh, you know a lot especially amongst people perhaps uh, you know in our age group uh, where they've already been through a couple of cycles tried maybe you know maybe even as early as Harshad Mehta, you know, then again, you know, on the dot-com bust, then again, you know, 2007, eight. somehow they always get sucked into the wrong times. And then they always kind of, you know, get, uh, you know, burnt or no people who got burned. And this is, you know, this is all gambling. So what's your advice, you know, to people who've been through those cycles and are now perceiving this as gambling? What do you tell them? Yeah, so either you can go to the casino or you can own one right mm -hmm. and that's uh, that's where the tables uh, change hands you know yeah. one one is where you are gambling you you okay. you speculate sure. uh, you don't know what you're doing right. and you're just waiting for the dealer to uh, deal you some cards sure. or you could be the dealer yeah. where you have an edge casino has a 0.5% edge and that is where they make all the money okay so that's where you go from no risk to a known risk, yeah. right? Uh, so uh, you don't know risk mm. and you don't know how to manage risk. Mm. And now you 
go to the towards the other side of the table which is you know you are dealing out the cards you know what's your edge and you're using a system to uh, create that money yeah yeah agreed and i love that you go from uh, no risk to known risk so so true um puneet when you have a lot of people you know who come to you and they say okay now the trending thing is and of course you know you're managing portfolios and they talk about you know crypto and they talk about oh you know my friends are in you know cryptocurrency or or nfts you know all the trending aspects of you know the last few years what do you end up telling them uh, you know do you tell them that it's something that one should explore or is there a certain portfolio part of the portfolio that should you know delegate how do you really have these conversations so uh, again uh, it depends on the person uh, if it's a youngster who is coming in i always say it's i always believe that uh, uh, a part of your portfolio you can take risk off mm. uh, you can take risk up to 5 to 10% it won't have harm you at the, any stage of your life right. but if you are investing these kinds of things these are right now i am also not aware about the industry it's not aware about mm. so i can't speak about it much yeah. on that yeah. so if you want to take risk risk to a level of where you can bear that risk Correct. so if it's 1 2% also it doesn't make a difference so gambling yeah. again i am i'm just saying yeah. that i am not aware about yeah. markets are not aware about what mm. nft is what crypto mm. is going to go if you want to take risk 1 2% will uh, don't won't do any harm but if sure. you are putting across 20% of your portfolio yeah. then your savings will be gone yeah. so because 80% is your expense right at the current age so sure. it depends on so i always say yeah. that yeah. hold it and take a risk if you want to but to a certain extent so again coming down to the theme of you know risk management having your stop losses in play um pretty you know you have your perspective towards crypto is slightly different nft is slightly different um your thought process when it comes to you know some of these new age uh, investment vehicles how's it really been for you and what's your thought process so i've never invested in crypto never will but then uh, crypto is another chart for us and uh, you know what uh, crypto also has price action so you know if you're investing based on price action and charts right. uh, you can Yeah. but uh, how, one advice that i want to give anybody who's uh, you know doing cryptocurrency investing is that it has wild swings mm. you know uh, uh, if you want to see um, price going from 10 to 100 coming back to 90 and then again going back to 200 uh, so be it please yeah. uh, uh, you know uh, do that yeah. but if you can't digest those wild swings uh, any stock in the listed in the stock market or anywhere in the world will give you same kind of returns yeah. at the end of the day okay. uh, it's just that um, a crypto needs a lot of active uh, time on uh, from your side of course and the crypto markets uh, unlike the equity markets they never shut so they're trading 24/7 and hence you know if people have overextended themselves it can be well fairly disturbing but tell me about something else you mentioned earlier which i loved and you know of course while we record this you know the markets are open the markets have just opened after the 15th august uh, you know long weekend uh, there's been a lot of ups and downs uh, you know over the course of the day um, however you're completely chill okay you're not like you know you haven't checked your phone even once to see your positions or none of those things and even though you have several open positions um how do you manage that like how are you coming in on a day when the markets are open looking relatively relaxed and whatever's happening in the background's happening in the background and how are you doing that i'd love to know that as well so my as my uh, guru vishal malkan says that you know you trade from a swimming pool uh, which actually means that you know don't look at the screen don't uh, touch anything keep on holding sit tight and that's what uh, most of the people don't do you know they think that you know the, they find the scene uh, screen exciting because it's like a video game you know price is going up and down they like movement uh 
I do not do that. Uh, either you can use uh, uh, use an algorithm or code your yeah. system into yeah. a machine, yeah. or you can uh, have a human dealer. Uh, you know, managing your positions. Right. I I have a dealer and I let him manage it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't use my brain. Uh, neither does he. Right. He just right. let the system yeah. run. Yeah, and that's interesting because you said that it's now. I'm not about even using our brain and our emotion because we tend to get emotional about some of these, you know, decisions that we might make, and that FOMO piece comes into play. And hence, a lot of the guidance is happening because of would it be the technicals and what the charts are telling you? Is that really driving uh, the action? Yes, it could be uh, technicals, uh, um, different types of technical uh, strategies, or price action, uh, or simple, uh, you know, price action and average. It could be anything, but. Yeah. Let the system be your boss. Yeah. Uh, if you've designed a system, then still using your brain, no point in using that system, you know. So true. Love that. So, Preet, tell me this. Now, you have a whole generation of, you know, new traders slash investors who come up. And, and you know, Puneet spoke about the gamification and how it's almost become like, you know, apps like the Zero the House, etc. have almost made like a video game. And people come and you try to advise them on, on, let's say, the equity side of things. And they almost come and say, you know, how do you handle clients like that who come and be like extra knowledgeable when it comes to putting their money in, in equity? Absolutely. The Z generation is changing and mm-hmm. uh, these applications and all those things are helping them out. Yeah. And I always tell them that, okay, you do it yourself. It's not, investment is not the point. It's about, again, uh, do you know where you want to head to? That's most important. Right. And all these youngsters, uh, whether I talk about, so I've been even uh, taking sessions for my son just graduated from mm-hmm. uh, Flame University and mm-hmm. I took session of the whole whole batch. They wanted to understand more onto it. They started right. their career about starting their jobs. Of course. Uh, again, all these youngsters are looking forward to, attracted towards equities. Right. Uh, but first thing, I, and they have those knowledge about it, but they still want to understand the fundamentals of it. So right. it's up to them. Uh, how they can invest. So I always talk about, uh, if I share you my experiences, uh, these youngsters, uh, they always think about, believe in, uh, they don't even know uh, the real goals. Mm. Not just youngsters, Mm. even teaching out, reaching out to these uh, 40 years old, I take sessions in corporates, all these young, these people, they don't actually know the real value of their goals. So taking out their, uh, if I talk about passive income, retirement, Yeah. They never ha- understand oh. what will be the real value, what will they, they need at that time. Right. So making them understand actually opens up their mind. Okay, okay. this is the kind of money I'll be needing. Okay. So how will I achieve it? Mm-hmm. I'll say, okay, invest anywhere. If yeah. you want to invest in equity, have somebody, uh, somebody uh, like Puneet or somebody who is expert in that. Correct. Take those, those advice. Yeah. Just don't jump into it. Yeah. Uh, take certain steps and create that wealth. But yeah. understand where you need to go about. Yeah. Yeah. It's not doesn't matter where whom you are doing it, whether it's through us or whether through any application. We, but you have to have that understanding where you need to reach out. It's a very interesting thing that you also mentioned that you know you're asking them to think about you know passive income and long-term wealth. Now, a lot of times when I go into organizations and at the GBA, you know, I go in and, and I work with a lot of you know leaders, uh, you know, and even you know people who are just starting out. And I talk to them about, you know, the, the medium term goals, the long term goals. We're talking about even, you know, one year, five year legacy goals, you know, where we're saying, what are you going to be remembered for? And they almost always come back and say, boss, it's a pandemic time. And I see a lot of the youth, 
you know, having almost the same mindset as well. How are you dealing with those challenges? How are you having that conversation where someone's saying, boss, I don't even know about, you know, one year my uncle passed away or my neighbor passed away. And you're talking about, you know, five years, 10 years, 20 years. How are you having that conversation? So, Gaurav, I always burden people when I, any, any person, whether it's a uh, super HNI or a celebrity or any person who's starting his career also, I always talk about their objective first. Mm -hmm. When you start Talking about, let's say, creating a house is the first thing people always think about. Yeah. When you show them the real value of it, na, how will you create it? Sure. The numbers actually make them go wild. Mm -hmm. See, right now their brain mm -hmm. is not working because there's okay. there's no number behind it. Yeah. When they see that, okay, I can't achieve my house even in 10 years. Correct. They start thinking about that. Yeah. That, that pulls it away. Yeah. So there will be people who will not listen. They will right. burn their hands. Okay. We can't. We can't pull them out, but 80% people come in because they see the numbers, they see, they realize and uh, the truth which is coming out from your, uh, which I, as uh, your intentions are clear, people will understand that. So mm. they understand, they might not come right now, they might join after one year or two years or three years after burning hand, but right. they come back, what right. I've seen. Right. In my past, I've seen that uh, in the younger stages and younger ages, they burn their hands, they come back. As I shared you in 2020, mm. also a lot of people... Uh, jumped into those things, but they came back because they realized what mistake yeah. they have. Yeah. Interestingly, you also mentioned about, you know, uh, real estate as an asset class. Um, now, if we go back, maybe our parents' generation, for them, it was almost impossible to, you know, own real estate. It, there just wasn't the financing available. And then if we talk about, you know, our generation, now it almost became that it's a must-do. You know, we're going to take that bit of loan and we're going to put that, you know, house, you know, uh, payment down for that particular, you know, house, flat, whatever it is. Um, what are you seeing from the kids today? Because today you have, you know, and even like Grand Cardone being one of my mentors would always say, oh, you know, don't buy rent. And, you know, if you do have to buy, buy multifamily, etc, etc. But what are you hearing from people today? Is it now about renting? Is it about, you know, buying? What are you really hearing? So a lot of saying? change happened after 2011's crash in real estate. Mm -hmm. During that, people, people who were over leveraged into real estate, mm -hmm. so people actually didn't have capacity to pay those things and they leveraged out. So, true. so they burned their hands. Uh, because there were a lot of real estate developers who actually could not even uh, pull back uh, the real estate. So Correct. people lost a lot of money. Yeah. So now what people are realizing that renting out and mm -hmm. these youngsters, what mm -hmm. they are putting across again, equities and uh, returns are uh, greed which is coming in. Mm -hmm. That they start investing into any of the real estate and putting across those money. That they, they are saying that, okay, let's invest into equity. It will give us much more return Correct. or invest into any other place. We will we'll get much more return. Yeah. They might be certain places, right? But they are going wrong on the side that they are even not owning the first house also. They yeah. stopped owning those things that right. I don't even need to uh, put across as a residence right Correct. now. Uh, over here, what my suggestion is that a lot of times these youngsters are moving around. The reason is mm -hmm. this, that they are moving Correct. around. They might Correct. be in Bangalore, they might so be in... So owning a property, then maintaining these property, leasing out these property if you're not there, right. becomes a hassle. Right. So what I suggest is Create your wealth enough, which is equivalent to buying a house, whatever you want to buy, whatever yeah. stake you want to, let's say if you want to buy a house sure. or any real estate, then create that wealth enough that you can buy that, own it at that time when you are ready for it. Mm. So, but real estate is important. Right. Assets as a class is a very important. Nowadays, it's not just looking forward to residential. There are multiple places you can, industrial, even warehousing. There are a lot of spaces of which you can park on. But look at those things, which is the opportunity. Of and uh, there are a lot of space out of there. You need mm. to think about that. Got that. 
So, Puneet, of course, uh, you know, over the weekend, uh, we lost uh, the big bull, you know, Rakesh Junjunwala, who's always a big believer in the India story. And we're talking about, you know, way before anyone else, uh, you know, and he was he was just always so gung-ho. And I think going back even 15, 20 years, he said, you know, the place where I see the markets is going to be unparalleled. So, if I was to ask you, I mean, if you're looking at three years down the line, so 16th of August, uh, 2025, uh, where do you see, you know, the equity markets actually being uh, tentatively at that time, three years from today? Uh, while I would not give you levels, but definitely up. And uh, like uh, Rakesh sir always used to say that I'm uh, perpetually bullish. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, all all you need is, uh, you know, invest and forget, which not many people do. The more you invest, the more you get attached to looking at the screen, tracking the stocks. If government today came in and said that, okay, you can't, uh, there are no tickers available and you can't even uh, take out your money for the next 10 years. Everybody would make money in the stock market. So, so yeah. So, so I think uh, always bullish and that's what we need to... Uh, he's le- left a lot of uh, things to yeah. get inspired from. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yes. So, and I completely agree. And I think all asset classes, including equity, real estate and more, you know, tend to or will definitely give you know, really, really big returns uh, in time to come. Puneet, if I was to ask you today, um, you have, we'll take two perspectives. We'll take a client who has 2 lakh rupees and a client who has 10 crore rupees. Okay. So how would you guide these to actually invest if they came to you today for advice? So uh, again, if I talk about um, first thing, which I always do is understand their uh, objective or their needs. Needs is most important. So if I, a person with the 10 crores coming on, uh, it's not just that 10 crore, I just look around. Right. What are the other asset classes he's owning? Yeah. So how, how much risk is he being holding across? So right. whether right. he's over leveraged in real estate, yeah. and a lot of time we see that 80% of the portfolio is real estate in Correct. major. Uh, so, so what is the kind of uh, portfolio is holding? What kind of risk they are holding? Yeah. Then we come out to understanding is the risk also. Yeah. What has this been? past because if he's holding too much of debt that means that he has not taken any risk Correct. so accordingly we have to go onto it yeah. i always start with the beginners this that if mm. you don't just jump into higher equities immediately because sure. we need to also understand that person i told you that it's not a, a, a just a risk appetite analyzer which yeah. gives us the prerogative it gives yeah. us a time which gives us understanding sure. so i always start with these smaller things whether it's equity, whether it's mutual fund, whatever suggestions. Correct. We always always even talk about real estate. Investing into real estate is Correct. also an asset class. Correct. Even gold. Yeah. Or whatever asset class, even NFT, if it comes out in the later stages, of if he, he can own a 1% or 2%, why not? Why not? Yeah. So diversification is the key of it. You mm-hmm. can't just expect that every day is an equities day or every day is an real estate. We yeah. all have seen those things. Yeah. So advising to a 2 lakh person or to a, to a 10 crore person, yeah. the approach is the same. Right. We need to understand their risk appetite, what yeah. kind of holding he's having, yeah. uh, what is his needs. Accordingly, we park with them. Got that. Yeah. So risk appetite, um, diversification, um, goals. It doesn't matter in terms of the corpus, Absolutely. but Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's how I do it. So Preet, I'm going to come to you with a more specific question. Now, let's just say if somebody comes in and they're looking at the equity markets and let's go sector wise now. So if they had you know, a corpus available, where would you today, you know, keeping in mind the industry and more, where would you deploy capital? Um, you know, based on uh, a sector-wise allocation today? I think somebody who's never invested and now coming to the markets newly, I would uh, say that, you know, since Nifty offers a very broad 
sector inclusion right. and uh, it uh, uh, it uh, constitutes about you know the 50 best companies of course uh, largely that risk is taken care of instead of you know going theme based and investing okay. ourselves and dividing it mm-hmm. into sectors I think, uh, you know, plain and simple answer would be just keep investing into Nifty ETF. Right, right. Choose one one of the Nifty ETFs, index-based ETF, Correct. and then uh, keep investing and uh, buy it every dip uh, because it is going to yeah. go up. Yeah, I love that. Um, look at the Nifty 50, which is the 50 best stocks there is. Um, there will always be churn. There will be people who will be asked to move in and move out. Yes. Um, and yeah, so you can go with the ETF. There's also something else that you mentioned recently in one of our conversations where you said, you know, at the moment, it's almost like everyone's looking at the Dow Jones and they're saying, Dow ko kal kya hua? You know, and then they almost think that, okay, now the Nifty will respond, you know, accordingly. But you said in a few years, you see it flipping where you actually see, you know, the, some of the Indian markets actually leading, you know, the charge and people actually looking at what happened on the Nifty, you know, before they start looking at global markets. What, what brought that thought around? Love to hear that. I think uh, it's already flipping, already mm-hmm. decoupled from the Dow or the Nasdaq. Uh, you'll see that our markets have not fallen while uh, Dow fell and then has recovered. Yeah. Uh, what what I am bullish about is that, you know, the way uh, our country is changing with the China effect and uh, how a uh, uh, lot of IT brain has been supplied by India, uh, uh, India becoming self-reliant. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think and, and the kind of money that FIS have pulled out yeah. and then still the market's not falling and then they having to return uh, in the last uh, few days. Correct. I think uh, we are uh, really Atmanirbhar and that's what triggered my thought on, you know, how we are going to have a path on, of our own. I love that. And it's, it's going to be interesting how the FII, DII story plays out because these guys pulled record money out. I mean, the amount that was coming out every day was like 2,000 crores, 5,000 crores. I mean, it was almost like, you know, our FII is done with the India story. And then all of a sudden it's flipped. And as you rightly mentioned, I think maybe now in the last two weeks, you know, they've been buyers. And now, of course, RDIs have been kind of, you know, lightening, you know, some of their support. But it's amazing to see. And do you think that this is also the retail investor who's come in and, you know, is a big believer in the India story. And hence, you know, they're, you know, putting their chips all in, even though the commentary has been negative. Um, do you think it's even the retail investor that's playing a big role? Yeah, I think um, Mr. Junjunwala in one of his interviews said that you know, they will come back. Correct. And uh, yes, in the last two years, uh, a lot of, I think the DMAT accounts have grown to 10x. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that is where uh, the retail money is coming in Correct. and uh, at, at good levels. Yeah. And uh, uh, in the last few days, I think a few weeks, there has been uh, an upsurge where not of, uh, uh, there's still a lot of liquidity. And markets have not even crossed their uh, all-time high. So, sure. so I think, uh, yes, uh, good times to come. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting uh, because I remember there was this uh, interview I did with Nikhil Kamath, uh, you know, from Zerudha. And he spoke about the fact, uh, you know, Puneet, and the fact that he says in India, the retail participation in the stock market is, is so minuscule. You know, in places like the States, it's almost like 83, 84, 85%. I think here it's in single digits in terms yeah. of the number of people who are, you know, actively, uh, you know, investing uh, in the markets, right? Yeah, so I think uh, big things that can probably happen, you know, from that perspective uh, yeah. as well. Uh, Breeze, another thing I want to talk about to you is uh, is the need for insurance to protect wealth. 
you know, because a lot of people just figure that, oh, you know, health insurance is something I don't need. Life insurance is something that, you know, a little bit of cover is okay. But all of this has changed. I think the pandemic led to a, a big, you know, blowout in this in terms of mindset change and everything else. What are you saying to people who are still saying that, you know, insurance is something I can do without? What is what is the conversation you're having with them? So a lot of conversation on daily basis happen on this subject mm-hmm. because people are insured, but again, they are not sufficiently insured. So if I talk about even term insurance, people are aware about. So day before yesterday, I was having a session with uh, Mahindra and Mahindra. And uh, uh, so there was an interaction going on online. And uh, these people, I just interacted and asked them. The first question I asked, what is the cover each you are holding? The maximum people are covered with one CR. Now, the reason is that every ad, everything which you're speaking about is talking about one crore cover. They don't realize that if you are having an income of, let's say, 4 lakh rupees per month, will that one crore will replace that? They haven't haven't actually calculated. So when you talk about numbers to them, they start realizing, okay, then you have to show the numbers to it that what is going to be the effect of that one crore to your family. Same thing happens with health insurance. Mm. What people are not understanding is that... uh, Health insurance sub-subject where you are there, you are a burden to family, you are not even having any income, your right. income source is lost right. and you have a huge burden. So you lose all your wealth which you have created in that single so close true. and people have seen that. So we have seen massive uh, things over there and they are all sitting down. These are the people who are sitting down with 5 to 10 lakh of covers which is sufficiently low today itself. Yeah. What will be the value 10 years down the line? They are mm-hmm. not understanding. So, so first thing would be which I put across is the numbers again. Yeah. That this is what your cover should be and why it has to be. Yeah. So why is not clear? So people are aware about that there is a one crore policy of health insurance. Correct. But why I have to buy it? Nobody is guiding that. That mm-hmm. is where the lack of communication is. So true. And is there a formula that you might have for our listeners in terms of when they're contemplating? And of course, I'm sure many would like to get in touch with you in due course. But when they're contemplating the insurance cover, they should take both in terms of, you know, a health cover as well as life insurance cover. Is there a particular formula yeah, they should so be thinking it, about? It is not a formula, but mm-hmm. it's a thumb rule which I talk about. Mm-hmm. And very simple one. I surely want to answer it to audience. You have, you need to know about your expenses. So let's take an example of 50,000. So if I have an expense of my 50,000 per month, if I'm not there, my family needs that 50,000. So if I'm doing a cover of one crore, I've just taken a term insurance for one crore. What will that one crore replace? So if I invest that, if my wife invests that one crore after me, what is the return? It, let's say it's into fixed deposit. She doesn't know anything. She's investing into fixed deposit with the annualized return of 6%. So that one crore will replace 6 lakh rupees. 6 lakhs divided by 12. I'm not taking any inflation, nothing doing. Every one crore is replacing 50,000 per month. So means that if you are having an expense of 1 lakh, you need to have a ex- thumb rule of one, one, uh, 2 crore rupees. Means every 50,000 you need to replace for 1 crore. Mm-hmm. Now this is for a thumb rule. It's not just in, there's no inflation, nothing doing. But at least this is the cover. So if you are having a 2, crores or 2 lakh rupees per month expense, take a 4 crore covers. Now coming out to health insurance. The thumb rule, there's no thumb rule. You need to understand that cover is needed for not for today. It's needed for future. And life insurance is needed for today, not for future. That's the thumb rule again. Life insurance, your family needs it today. And if I talk about health insurance, you need it 20 years down the line. Mm -hmm. So some assured has to be chosen according to 20 years down the line. Mm -hmm. You need to cover yourself with the highest covers. There are products available. You need to choose out the right covers. We need to have at least one crore or two crore rupees cover. I'll give you an example over here also. If we think 10 lakh is good enough today, the future value of that 10 lakhs will be in 10 years will be at least 50 lakhs. 
and that will be at least 1.6 crores in next 20 years because inflation health inflation is going around between 17 to 22% that's a kind of inflation which is going around so think about calculate it there are products available and got of frankly speaking yeah. we just don't explore it because we don't know it that's so the true. only thing yeah completely agree people don't explore it because they don't know it and truly i think when it comes to insurance uh, the best time to start was yesterday and uh, i guess the next best time to start is today because truly the younger you start the lower your premiums and uh, you know i'm thankful to my parents that i think they took out my first policy when i was perhaps 8 or 9 but you know even when i had to start my business when i start consortium and i had no collateral because obviously you know things had been really bad for the for the family and for the company um i remember going to canara bank in sarata vihar and asking and they asked me like you know what is your collateral that you have and i said i have no collateral i'm i'm busted man uh, i'm starting out from scratch and uh, the resource that i reached out to and i remember that my parents had taken out a 6 lakh rupee lic policy you know 20 years prior yes. and that's the money that i actually used for collateral so yeah insurance can be great uh, collateral as well so i highly recommend uh, like you mentioned that must must absolutely must be taken out okay please i'm going to ask you something but no charity is something that's very dear to your heart and you've always given back you know a substantial amount of what you make um tell me about your thought process you know coming into this and your advice to everyone Uh, when it comes to you know charity and giving back a part of your profits yeah so i think uh, what prompted me to do that was uh, something in sikhism which uh, where they say daswant and which is 1/10th of you go give back 1/10th of what you right. make right. and ever since i started doing that uh, you know money comes from where i don't know but uh, uh, it gives me a lot of conviction in my trades uh, makes me hold on to them and uh, now i have a purpose uh, sometimes you know when you're uh, doing systematic trading it come becomes boring and uh, suddenly you realize that why am i doing this if it happens automatically but then i have a purpose that you know uh, if i'm attached to a few uh, organizations then i can actually keep giving back and then that becomes my purpose of you know trading and earning money lovely love that and You know the funny part is and Puneet you know sometimes you might be hearing this so sometimes people come back and they said oh you know we will give back you know when we have some right and again uh, when we were supporting the Karan Singh Cancer Foundation something that I started I didn't have the resources and the money but I still always kept giving back what is it that you're hearing when it comes to charity are people also coming to you and saying you know we need to plan for give back but our give back will happen when we have enough or are you hearing people who are saying that you know I'll give back irrespective so Gaurav as I was sharing that see it's not just about giving out money it's about time giving out time is also very important i was just sharing about one uh, one of the organization i'm part of corporate connection so there mm-hmm. is a group of spousal chairs where spousal meet over here mm-hmm. and these spousals are of spouses are all of super hnis right so they they just came out and they said that we want to contribute something on the real time it's yeah. not about money money my our our uh, husbands our organizations are already funding it they are doing csr activities right. but we want to real give time to those things we can contribute that yeah. so they started off with giving their time to these organizations that's very important and i right. think that's where we can start with if you don't have money so why true. not give some time to those organizations yeah yeah and i think my thought on this is and i want to go back you know several years when uh, i myself had started giving out to some charities and everyone came and told me that you know gb you don't even have you know your own means you're you're borrowing from the banks and yet you're giving back and like preet mentioned i think even then it was always about you know giving back whatever we could in terms of whatever contribution i could make and i've never looked back you know since and 
I see this globally a lot. You know, when you have uh, people contributing to the church in the states, you know, or community or causes, and I think it's something that uh, truly the youth of India could, you know, and not only the youth, but even you know, uh, just everyone in India could do more in terms of just giving back. And not only when there's a crisis, like I remember when COVID hit and Mission Oxygen happened. You know, I mean, I think their uh, their target on Keto, whatever it was, they did like 120 fold. But why should there only be a crisis when someone needs to give back? Why not just give back at at all points and at all times? Just my thoughts. Puneet, you want to add something as well? Yes, so uh, my guruji used to say that beta pehle ahuti daloge to amrit milega. So you know, sometimes I start my day. Uh, let's say if I want to make fifty thousand rupees, I would actually uh, donate five thousand first yeah. uh, before even the market starts. And wow. you know, uh, wow. I, you know, it makes me take actions during the day, and uh, usually that raise profitable. But even if it is not, you know, I'm still fulfilled. Awesome. and and uh, you know about time time actually is a non renewable currency yeah. you know probably the most expensive currency so, so you know if you're giving time you're uh, donating more than what uh, your money is oh, 100% yeah. and like i said appreciate both of you taking our time you know being here and you know listening and educating our viewers and listeners as well you know really does uh, mean a lot couple of concluding questions because i know we come into bar you know an hour now and that's what duration we normally keep this um is there any event that scares you like something that could potentially happen that you know scares you from the perspective of you know as i mean i know you always have stop losses in play and all of that as well so you you measure your risk etc but is there anything that scares you as a potential uh, you know event that uh, you know could be um not the best for the markets and investors in in particular i used to be scared by wars and bomb throws but mm-hmm. then after the russia ukraine war i'm not scared anymore yeah. and anyways like stop loss is my god so yeah stop loss is your god truly and you're right i mean the markets uh, you know when they fell when russia ukraine happened uh, they've bounced back uh, and more yeah. right and all the commodities and everything else uh, you know that has skyrocketed is now coming back to sanity yeah. levels as well please anything that scares you uh, from the perspective of uh, outcomes uh, for your clients so in past 20 years the experience actually makes you braver Brave, mm-hmm. actually it mm-hmm. it gives you the confidence even the clients which you have matlab who are 15 20 years they are not not scared enough they actually look out those opportunities yeah. so things have changed no doubt there is a scare of uh, something which is always there which is like uh, if something happens what what if 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 i am not there what will happen mm. but if i have taken care of those things yeah. the scare is gone so this is what i always talk about people right. to to right. balance out things in the right way your scare will go away the scare is always inside it's about if you are not there if things happen why are you fearful because you have not created enough for your family or and that's where the biggest scares come in right. whether it's market if you have created that wealth why can't you take risk i think uh, that's why his fear has also now gone away <laughs> and everybody i think i everybody is on those scales that we have reached to a certain point that our scares have been diminished over a period of time because we have created ourselves in a position where true the scare is low true that true that yeah love that so concluding question um, and i'll come to you puneet fast what would be your advice to your 20 year old self knowing what you know today and the journey that you had what would your advice to be your 20 year old self um i think if uh, i would tell myself if you want to retire rich invest early and keep investing uh, and forget that you know stash it away right forget that money yeah yeah, yeah. almost like the hero honda ad like fill, fill it, 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 it forget yeah. yes i love that Good. i love that 
please from your perspective your advice to so your i'll come to self. one uh, answer which i i am coming from your uh, earlier one mm-hmm. which is like a 20 year old uh, if what is the questions which comes out to him lot of people ask about that uh, why not uh, take risk today and why not uh, wait for those uh, period long term uh, who's thinking about long term and talking about equities lot of people are in 20 year old is always looking at higher returns higher equity direct investing into directly so I always talk about that okay you invest directly whether it's through any app or any uh, any systems first thing you need to know about is that can you beat the index can you beat the benchmark mm. year on year so one mm. year is good enough yeah. you have seen good markets everybody has pushed on to that level Correct. but can you beat an index or a benchmark whether it's nifty or bsc sensex or right. whatever that is right. can you beat that index for continuously 10 years yeah. if you can beat that yeah. equity is your game mm. but if you can't beat if you can't give that much time if you can't devote uh, you don't have understanding about it let's that market work with some advisor so advisors like mutual fund people or invest directly into nifty index as he said rightly said that invest into index market will definitely go up right. so if you don't have an experience just park into it and i know people can't beat index year on year we have yeah. seen yeah. quite uh, aggressively that all those fund houses have also not given a consistent return for 20 right. years right. some sometimes uh, x uh, mutual fund is up sometimes y wise so oh. that's what we need to look at yeah. so that's yeah. my advice to 20 year old love that Yeah, thank you for you know all those insights. And the reason why I asked that question is the first time I busted out in the stock market was probably when I was seventeen. Uh, that's when Harshad Mehta happened, and then again it happened, and uh, that time was just equity. I think the second time it happened when I was twenty twenty one, and uh, you know that was when the time of the badla etc was still there, and there was you know there was F and O, and again a mess like you mentioned as well. And uh, truly, I think if I go back. you know to the 20 year old me and i would always say that you know it is about uh, risk management it's about having your stop losses in play goals like you mentioned you know extensively today objectives uh, don't overtrade uh, even though that's something that people struggle with you know every day today as well and i really appreciate this conversation because uh, ladies and gentlemen listeners and viewers you know of this podcast and the youtube video um truly today uh, we live in uh, tumultuous times uh, there are ups and downs uh, volatility is crazy there's uh, you know things that are happening that are sometimes beyond our control and uh, also there is a uh, phenomenal wealth being created i think more wealth is being created today than you know ever before and um, i think the conversation that we've had today on the smash bashed yet not dash podcast with both the punits has been about you know finding uh, balance um, yet you can also be aggressive but you must manage risk i think that was one of my big takeaways and just so much more this is one that you just want to go back and view again and again and again because the perspectives really have been very holistic uh, a complete 360 degree um you know viewpoint really and uh, thank you both for being here and of course i will put in your coordinates uh, you know in the links as well so that people can you know like you um, follow you your insta handles i know both of you are running you know programs and courses now where you're empowering in your both domains so really appreciate both of you being here so thank you so very much thank you thank you, thank you.